The end of the year is in sight, friends. It is upon us. It is upon us. And it is a busy end of the year. It is a busy end of the year. And we know that our listeners are probably slammed right now um, with end of year planning for themselves and end end of year activities at their club and with their staff team. So we are grateful to all of you for tuning in to the final edition of Let's Talk Club Management for 2021. It's hard to believe that we're already here, but goodness, my goodness. It's It's been a year. It's been a year. Has it been a year? Um, It's a busy end of the year for us at HQ2. So we've got a lot going on. As most of you know, we are knee deep, eyeball deep. Where are we? The depth is varying, but we're deep in conference prep at this moment. So we are dedicated to bringing you all a really great in-person experience. And uh, we're working hard at that. So um, without further ado, we will dive into this episode's content. Uh, We are joined in this conversation with our good friend and colleague, Emil Carr-Davey. And he's going to sit down and chat with us about research initiatives, some upcoming uh, annual survey release dates and content dates <laughs> and pretty much everything that, that is uh, on the horizon for the CMAA research department. And we're going to talk a little bit about why is research important and how can you use it at your club. So please enjoy this conversation with Emil Carr. We are thrilled to have our colleague Emilcar Davy here with us today. If you haven't met Emilcar, he is our director of research and he joined us back in 2015. Um, so he handles all of our research strategies. So, you know, the first person you get if you call in with a question, does CMA track this information? So not only does he do that, but he designs all of the surveys that benefit your, our membership, our staff. He helps produce our annual survey reports with finance and operations, compensation and benefits. And he supports the educational offerings, including the Business Management Institute. So if you've been to BMI Club Management down in Atlanta, you've probably met a Melcar. Uh, prior to joining CMAA, he had more than 10 years of experience in the television research field, uh, working with companies such as Discovery Communications and National Geographic Channel. He is a graduate of the University of Maryland at College Park, where he earned his bachelor degree, Bachelor of Science degree in Management Sciences and Statistics. He's also very well known in our office because he has a love of good things, good food, good wine, and specifically bubbly. So we are so excited to have you with us today on Hill Card at Talk. We're going to party on research. That's what we're going to do today. Thank you for the amazing intro, uh, Melissa and Kyle. It's great to be here. I hear a lot about this podcast and I'm looking forward to the day that I can actually uh, show up and uh, enjoy some time with you guys. Well, we're happy that you're here. So we're going to get down and talk a little bit about the research offerings. Um, to kick things off first, what what's what's coming up right like right now? What what's on the docket? All right. So right now we uh, we just wrapped our highly anticipated compensation and benefits survey. And we are fast tracking that to be released in early January. So please be on the lookout for the compensation and benefits report. 
Um, we had a, uh, a an amazing response rate for this report. Um, we're talking over 500 to 550 clubs that responded to this survey. Typical year of compensation and benefits survey, you're seeing about 415, 420. So that lets you know how much the membership is in need of this data. This data will feed into uh, future budgets and um, it'll be a, a, a greatly needed uh, update to the 2018 compensation and benefits report. So please be on the lookout for that. You'll see all types of communication. Um, if you have any questions about that, just please follow up with me. In addition to the compensation and benefits uh, survey being wrapped, we are about to release our 2021 finance and operations report. Um, a lot of clubs ha have definitely responded and uh, participated in this survey earlier this year. I think we closed at the end of September. Um, we definitely saw an increase in the response rate for that. Um, and you can definitely uh, be, be sure that it will include a lot of information that details what happened within um, fiscal year 2020 when we saw uh, a slight shutdown of just services across the country and it, it, it'll, a lot of a lot of a lot of neat little nuggets in there that um will be very interesting so please uh be on the lookout for that um Outside of that, but right now we have an open survey in collaboration with uh, GGA Partners. So that survey is a uh, it's a research initiative that um, we partner with GGA Partners on, and it explores recent trends and reactions within the club industry, uh, and it, it will serve as a contemporary update on the pressing needs of club leaders across the country. That survey will close uh, in the middle of January. And uh, if, if you are attending uh, the 2022 World Conference, you will see GGA report on the findings during a conference. So we, we got a lot of exciting stuff going on right now and um, never a dull day in research. Never. It doesn't sound like you're busy at all. No. I mean, nothing going on. <laughs> No, no, just a couple BMIs coming up too, you know. Uh, um, you are, you're listening to this and you will be in uh, Los Angeles for the Leadership Principles Program. Milkar Davey will be there. So when Mark you are looking at the back of the class, it looks like I'm surfing the web. I am working. All the time, always, because he's got all these surveys to, to work on and get done. Uh, so I want to take it back to the FNO, Finance and Operations. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, like, why is the FNO data useful um, to club managers? And, like, what what can somebody reading that report take away from it? And how might they use that data in their day-to-day -day, um, running their club and their operational, you know, mindset? Yeah, so the the finance and operations report it 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 provides a, a it provides like a baseline benchmark of sorts to what's going on in the typical club 
based on either your operating revenue segment or the type of club that you are. So if you are a yacht club, you can go to the finance and operations report and see what uh, different yacht clubs are doing at different levels and you can compare it on a baseline level to what you have going on. Um, as well as if you are a club that is in between the uh, revenue segment of, you know, the average uh, uh, revenue, op total operating revenue is about seven and a half million. So let's say you're, you're right around that eight million mark. You can see what the other clubs that are, the, uh, that are producing eight million dollars are doing. For example, how many indoor pools uh, those types of clubs have, how many outdoor pools, how many pickleball courts. Now, once you find out this information using the finance and operations report in the, uh, in the early sections, you can drill down and get even more data within the, uh, within the report. And that, that data will lead to talking points within your club just in case you are trying to make you know a lot of people try to make a case for um capital projects and um the finance and operations will definitely start that conversation and it's also pretty easy to uh understand and read for the uh for some people that may fear data or just like you know think it's too complicated it's a pretty pretty easy read and um if you need any help on reading that type of data, you can reach out to CMAA and we can walk through and uh, help you uh, figure that data out. I will say, I'll add to that um, in terms of helping you, helping people sort of synthesize the data that's included in those reports. Included in each edition of Club Management Magazine, we have what's called the board brief, which is a nice um, insert uh, that the goal of the insert is for you to pull it out and be able to share with your boards. Obviously, the data from all of CMAA's annual reports or annual surveys are really useful in terms of presenting information to your board, especially if you're trying to sell maybe a capital improvements project or something of that nature. But in each edition of Board Brief, Emil Carr and I write a column on research trends. And over the last year, we've spent a lot of time breaking down a lot of the information included in these research projects that we've been working on and finance and operations is coming up and we will definitely be taking a deep dive into that data and breaking it down so that it is in much more <laughs> easily synthesized chunks um, for you to read at your leisure, obviously, but then also share with your board. It might be something that is helpful to you and, and may bolster an argument that you have <laughs> or, or a conversation that you want to start. So that's another way that, that we've tried to take all of that data that can be very complicated and confusing coming from me, who is not a data head at all. Um, I'm the one that's doing that synthesis. So if I can understand it, I promise you, you can too. <laughs> No, yeah, and that, you know, that's a great point, Kyle. Um, I think one of the, the, the big things that came out of the 2021 Finance and Operations Report, um, in addition to an increased uh, response rate, you can see across the board, and it's not a shocker because, you know, everyone's been watching the, uh, the way the world has been going. Operating revenues for the reporting clubs are down across the board. So, you know, 
Um, in addition, food and beverage and social event revenue was down across the board uh, when it came to a percentage of total operating revenue. Membership dues were up. Um, as you know, a lot of clubs did not discount membership dues and it was actually the opposite where uh, people clamored towards the, the private clubs within their areas during that during that pandemic time period. So I think um, as a standalone, it is a great snapshot, but also um, speaking to the importance of trending with the finance and operations report. And I'm excited to see what the 2021 data that, you know, 2021 fiscal year that will be inside of the 2022 report will bring because um, in the research world, they say a trend is at least uh, three years. So we are literally in the middle of something that we don't know what it's going to end up looking like. Uh, our managers are living through it, but I think by the time we get to 2023, we will have a, a pretty good picture of where we are heading uh, as an industry. Absolutely. This this last fiscal year is certainly somewhat anomalous when it comes to data, right? Like we're faced with a lot of uncertainty and, and different operations and, you know, clubs are having to make all kinds of decisions on how they run run their facilities that are, you know, maybe opposite of how they've done things before. So certainly the data that we've collected um, within the last year isn't on trend with what we were seeing previously. But but yeah, it will be really interesting to track how these data sets fit in with the others, you know, over time. So very good point. That's all. I'm going to stop talking about FNO, but I was just excited about that. <laughs> Melissa, do you have a question about something else? So, no, and just, you know, just to add on to F uh, finance and operations, uh, it will be released to participants and our uh, Club Resource Center subscribers next week. And then we will follow that up with a webinar, just like a general webinar of how to read the data within the finance and operations report. Uh, we're looking at a date of um, either January 12th or January 19th. So um, really excited about the release of the finance and operations report. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you bring up, and, and we're all really excited to see the full FNO. But I love those nuggets that you gave us. Um, that you know, um, you know, this the research that CMA has been doing and the research initiative has only. Um, grown since the car came on board and we really uh, six years ago really built this program and um, I can I can say that that you know from my perspective of 19 years um, this is the most exhaustive research that we've had and and even pointing out that Amilcar you were behind our amazing research efforts during um, those initial days of COVID when we were doing um, you know we were benchmarking constantly on what you know how this was impacting folks and um, some amazing research projects uh, that came out of that that we we covered on the podcast. Um, but you know our research is a huge member benefit, and all of our members who participate get the full report for free. That uh, that's that's really a benefit of membership, and and so I I heartily encourage you all uh, to participate as we go into 2022 and and you start getting those emails. 
Um, and you guys have made it so much easier to, to participate as well, as well in Melcar with all the ways that you can now do that. Um, you know, it's certainly, you know, at one time was a significantly time consuming activity, but now um, you guys have made it so much easier. Can you speak to that? Yeah, yeah, we are. We're constantly trying to uh, kind of make it easier on all of our membership to um, contribute data. I know last year, uh, actually, last year, yeah, last year we formed a, um, a data automation task force, and we are, you know, we're still still improving, and uh, I'm sure that's part of the reason for the increase in respondents, but um we are still we're working with our the top three software providers to just have like an api link where you know they send out the link and you can just click something and it uploads all of the data that is stored within your pos system and you know it, it's technology so you're not going to get it perfect on the first try but we are just always thinking about our membership. We know how busy everyone is. We know the labor shortages that come, you know, that have come with uh, the pandemic. And we just want to make sure that we are collecting as much data as possible and making it easier uh, on on your end. So. Melkar, I know you have another project coming up for the Club Spa and Fitness Association, CSFA. What, what's coming down the pike for them? Why, yes, I do, Melissa. Oh, my gosh. How did you know that? Maybe because we worked in the same building. So the Club Spa and Fitness Association is, you know, it, it, it's one of our, it's one of our, uh, our, 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 our growing entities. And um, they focus on best practices within the wellness, fitness, and spa industry. So part of the uh, initiative within 2022 is to see, you know, all of the things that are going well within the clubs, within CSFA, but also think about ways that we can grow CSFA and um, thinking about working on their certification, thinking about working on um, just growing membership. So within the within the first quarter, we will be releasing a CSFA, like a strategic planning survey that we've been working on. Catherine Lord, myself, uh, Julie Montross, and Jeff Morgan, uh, we are drafting a survey that we hope to get uh, responses that kind of uh, guide the direction of where CSFA is going on multiple levels. So we're definitely excited about that. And um, you'll be hearing more about that in the in the coming weeks. So be on the lookout and uh, keep on working out and keep your wellness up, keep your fitness going. Uh, and CSFA will, will do everything that uh, we can to increase your knowledge and just best practices of what's going on within the club wellness industry. That's awesome. Is it? That, that is awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I was gonna say, all the all the work you're doing, the in the external, you know, industry surveys, our work with our partners, like GGA partners, and and even our internal surveys, um, uh, really help, you know, 
both the association and all of our members really make those those data dis, uh, driven decisions and that's just that's key today you know i i can't tell you how many times people you know and i know you get these calls can you t you know what's how's everybody handling this or what's everybody and, and we have the anecdotes you know we have members that we talk to and they say that this is how they're handling things but it's so amazing to you know be able to say hey 37 percent of clubs are doing this and you know, and I will say even from the, the government relations side of things and our grassroots work to be able to say this is how many people were using the employee retention tax credit or uh, using <clears throat> deferred, you know, paying the deferred uh, payroll taxes. You know, that's great intel to have as we move forward in those conversations with lawmakers. So, yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I think it's also important to note, you mentioned a good thing, uh, anecdotes. Anecdotes are not data, friends. <laughs> like what you hear from like one or two of your colleagues is useful information in many regards, right? Like especially if they're local to you and, and what's affecting them is also affecting you. But, you know, those anecdotes are one-off instances and there are all kinds of variables involved. The nice thing about these industry surveys that we have are that, it's taking the experiences of people from all over the country and combining them, amalgamating them, and, and then analyzing them and then spitting out really good numbers um, that can be more useful to you than what somebody down the street said one time that happened to them. You know, listen, you know, part of the, one of the benefits of attending BMIs and actually, uh, delivering surveys and reading survey results is that I get to uh, I get to get on the ground I get to talk to people I get I hear a lot of anecdotes I hear a lot you know and one guy that told me banquets are over I mean if I if if, if we released that as a direction as an association I mean that would just be irresponsible um just because something's happening at your club does not mean that it's going to be like that across the board. So I implore you to utilize any data that you have at your fingertips to support whatever statement that you uh, randomly make. Um, the clubs in South Florida versus the clubs uh, in the Northeast they will have a different take on fitness. They will have a different take on scheduling. They will have a different take on just wellness opportunities. I mean, there are clubs in the South that have hospitals. Like you can't get that information from talking to a friend that runs a club in the Northeast. I mean, there are clubs in the Northeast that, you know, they're, they're, fortunate enough to, to have something like that, but it all goes back to data and what can support your stance because the last thing I want is for someone to have a great conversation with somebody full of anecdotes and they go into the boardroom and now your board, uh, they already didn't like you, but now they don't like you more because <laughs> you don't, you got to have numbers to back up uh, these these theories and these anecdotes that you have. So um, definitely every anyone that meets me at a BMI, um, it, it starts off light, but you know that they, they go into a, a CMA bashing um, episode, and then I turn them around with 
data. Like it's not, I'm not telling you to like anything based off of how I feel. It's just, this is what the data has shown. Like, and this is what the data will continue to show and you can manipulate it, but I, I try my best to stay, um, to keep the integrity of the data and just lay it out there and just, you know, let you know how, how it looks based off the data. So. Show me the numbers. I love it. it. I love it. I think we have our episode uh, title there. Show me oh, the numbers. perfect. I'm taking <laughs> that right now. Um, well, Abilcar, we can't thank you enough for joining us today. And I, I hope our listeners all enjoyed uh, getting to chat with you. And, you know, we, we focused a lot on research this year. We've had a lot of research guests. Uh, we've had, you know, folks uh, interpreting the FNO report. We did that for uh, back in 20, the beginning of the year. Uh, we've had research throughout the year. So we hope we can call on you again to talk more um, from you and, and the research task forces and everything that the great stuff that that's working out there. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And we wish you all the happiness this merry holiday season. Yes. Everyone stay safe, please. And well, and make, make merry as best you can. Listen, Kyle, you guys keep doing a, a great job and oh no, you ladies keep doing a great job. Uh, you know, thank you for all you do for CMAA, all the moving pieces, the behind the scenes, all the uh, podcast guests that have, um, uh, what, what do you call it when, when they show up with the, with the list of stuff that they need? <laughs> <laughs> like Melissa's green M&Ms? The writers. We've got a lot of writers this year. Yeah, we yes, the writers. Yes. Thank you for all that you do. And, uh, I, I, here's a fun fact about CMA is if I ever really get put into a corner about something or a request or something, I reach out to Kyle and Melissa because with their combined uh, years of experience, they've both been in here over seven years. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate it. But they, they, they probably they've seen it. They've seen it all. They've, you know, they've heard it all. They've, you know, and if they don't know, they're going to know uh, who knows it. So um, definitely anyone that has any questions about research or the club industry in general, uh, feel free to, to shoot me, a, shoot me a note, uh, milcar.davy at cma.org. And Kyle and Melissa, thank you again. Of course, it's our pleasure. We always enjoy having you join us in Milcar. And uh, we look forward to our next conversation about the numbers. All right. Well, that was a wonderful conversation with Milkar. It's such a pleasure to have him on. Anytime he comes to chat with us, it's always a good time. We are very lucky to, to work alongside him. Um, we want to cover a few quick announcements. Melissa has a couple of very important legislative updates. As we mentioned in our legislative episode a couple of weeks ago, um, Things were changing rapidly. Congress was working hard. There were a number of things um, related to, you know, whether it was a vaccination requirement or things going on with DOL. Um, all sorts of stuff was going on, and we knew it was going to be in flux. And wouldn't you know, we were correct, and things have changed. <laughs> so, uh, Melissa, I will let you take it away. Do you want to start with the H2B visa conversation? 
Absolutely. So time stamping this episode, it is currently <laughs> Tuesday, December 21st, 2021 at 1 13 PM Eastern daylight or Eastern standard time. All right. This is all current as of right this moment. So um, 24 hours ago in a very unexpected move, the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Labor announced the release of an additional 20,000 H2B visas for use prior to March 31 of 2022. Um, this is actually the first instance of a release of supplemental visas for the first half of the fiscal year. As everyone will remember, the fiscal year uh, 2022 first half supply, which is 30,000 33,000 visas was actually exhausted on September 30th. So um, the good news is there are going to be visas available. There are caveats to the use of these visas. Um, first of all, 6,500 of those are going to be earmarked specifically for employees coming from the Northern Triangle countries. That's Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador, and Haiti. Um, this is not new. We saw this with, with the supplemental release last year uh, where there was a, a, a grouping specifically targeted for these countries. Haiti is an addition uh, that was not in last year's supplement. The other 13,500 must be used by returning workers. So those are for folks who have used this program um, within the last three fiscal years, so 2019, 2020, 2021, um, and thus would be eligible to be uh, used to use again in this 13,500. So the other thing, there's a little nugget in there just to warn everybody that there, the DOL and DHS uh, did note in this that they do intend to further, uh, to issue further rulemaking to modernize and reform the program itself uh, by incorporating program efficiencies and protections against the exploitation of H2B workers. So not unexpected, all things, uh, that portion we were definitely expecting to see in the future out of the, the current administration. Goodness gracious. Well, good, good news on the front of more visas being released. Absolutely. Knowing full well they're going to disappear like, like that. Absolutely. <laughs> they're probably gone already. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> the second piece of information that you wanted to update folks on was the status of the OSHA ETS vaccine mandate for employers with 100 employees or more. Can you give us a status update on that? Absolutely. So last Friday on December 17th, the Sixth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals ended the stay um, on the what we call the vaccination and testing emergency temporary standard. That stay had been in place since November. Uh, that was put in place by the Fifth, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals that was while they were amalgamating all the cases together, putting jurisdiction into the Sixth Circuit. So that means the freeze is over. And based on that, OSHA has announced its intent to move forward with the full implementation. Um, the only change is they are making some slight changes to the enforcement dates on its website. It specifically said that it plans to exercise enforcement discretion. So it does not plan to issue citations for non-compliance before January 10th, 2022. Yep, that's that's coming up, and or uh, for the testing requirements prior to February 9th, twenty twenty two, they will it will use that discretion in the cases where an employer is exercising reasonable good faith efforts, and that's a quote um, directly from that site. 
so the question everybody's going to ask, ask for me, Kyle, is, well, what about further litigation? Um, so the litigation challenge now moves to the Supreme Court. Multiple challenges, the last I heard was around eight, have been filed since Friday's decision. However, the Supreme Court is unlikely to rule or make any decisions until January. So that means clubs with 100 or more employees as of November 4th, 2021, should be moving forward with their compliance plans. So we have a number of resources on our site. Uh, check out the recent legislative report with direct links to all of those resources to help you get started um, on that plan. And that legislative report should be hitting inboxes. You probably already have it uh, by the time this podcast will go up. But if you don't, for some reason, um, look in your spam or just keep an eye out. But that will be, that will be hitting inboxes very, very shortly as we are speaking here. Uh, we are working on editing it right now, actually. So uh, thank you, Melissa, for those updates. Obviously, as this landscape continues to evolve and change, we will you know, be right here happily uh, updating you further um, as we move into the new year. I'm sure with the onset of this new variant, things will, who knows? We don't know. We don't know what things will look like. So uh, we're prepared to, to accept any changes and uh, keep you apprised as we move forward. Um, is that that's everything legislative, right? Got that's nothing got. else for now. That's, that's all I got right now. I mean, I'm okay. watching the wire. Something else could be coming down. Who but. knows? Just we'll just wait with bated breath, honestly. <laughs> um, all right, we're just going to move into a few more short things, and then we will sign off and say sayonara for 2021. Um, we wanted to share a quick thank you from the Club Foundation. 2021 has been hugely exciting for the Club Foundation, and we are all deeply grateful for everyone who has donated so far this year. Um, with your contributions, the Club Foundation has been able to fund nearly $250,000 in grants, scholarships, research, and outreach for CMAA members. Both the dollar amount and the number of donations have increased since last year, which is huge. Um, and we saw a swell of excitement during Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday this year was, I'd hate to say wildly successful, but it really, really was. Um, it broke past donation records. We had great participation um, and it was really fun to see so many people getting involved. Many of the donations that the Club Foundation receives are from members just like you listeners and we're all overwhelmed by the generosity. So thank you for your continued support and the Club Foundation looks forward to continuing your support in 2022. Absolutely. And there's never a bad time to make a donation to the Club Foundation. So if you haven't finished your end of year giving, we encourage you to head to their website, clubfoundation.org, to find out more about making a donation online or the text to giving program. Absolutely. And in 2022, you can also get involved with the Club Foundation in a number of different ways besides just donating. Uh, you can participate or volunteer in the World Conference Golf Tournament or the Club Love Fun Run. Both of those exciting events will be back in person, um, and obviously we would be thrilled to have you participate. And there's also the silent auctions um, attached to World Conference. Those, um, the funds raised there benefit the Club Foundation, um, and again, it's an easy way for you to give back and have a little bit of fun at the same time. So, you know, just take, take a few moments and consider how you may want to continue supporting the Club Foundation into 2022. Do we have anything else that we need to share with everyone? Kyle, I think that's a wrap for 2021. Bless us all. <laughs>
I think we're all ready <laughs> to put this one in the rear view. Um, I just want to say I'm grateful for another year uh, of the podcast. I'm grateful to work with you, Melissa, and for all of our listeners. It's like, thank you for joining us on this crazy journey that we've all been on over the last two years and into the future because we don't know when it will be over, but we're here and uh, we're glad that you're here too. Absolutely. We're wishing all of our listeners, our members, our amazing staff team, uh, a warm holiday season. We hope each of you finds time to uh, get away, enjoy your peace, whatever that might be. And we look forward to talking to you again in 2022. Very much. All right, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, stay warm if you're in a cold place. (laughs) Take care, everybody. Bye. The Let's Talk Club Management podcast is a podcast of the Club Management Association of America. Since 1927, CMAA has been the largest professional association for managers of membership clubs throughout the U.S. and internationally. The objectives of the association are to promote relationships between club management professionals and other similar professions, to encourage the education and advancement of members, and to provide the resources needed for efficient and successful club operations. Under the covenants of professionalism, education, leadership, and community, CMAA continues to extend its reach as the leader in the club management practice. CMAA is headquartered in Alexandria, Virginia, with more than 40 professional chapters and more than 40 student chapters and colonies. Please learn more at www.cmaa.org. Org.